Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello and thank you for checking out the podcast. Coming up, Sean Jeffrey from the Manitoba Restaurant Association. He wants police walkthroughs to end the violence like the deadly shooting at Johnny G's on Maine this week. To try and take your mind off winter, we'll talk to Joseph Shaban about his ice cream. And Carla Davis at Southwest Winnipeg Ringette joins us to chat about Ringette on the River. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. We're going to get right down to business here. Sean Jeffrey is here, Executive Director of the Manitoba Restaurant and Food Services Association. Uh, thanks for coming in studio, Sean. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us, Hal. Yeah, get, get, uh, get nice and close to the microphone there. Um, so you're concerned about the violence in restaurants. Uh, Constable Rob Carver held a news conference today, Winnipeg Police, details on the shooting uh, on Main Street at, at Johnny G's the other night. Uh, we now know that the two men who uh, are dead were shooting at each other, killed each other, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, gang member, uh, gang members. There, there is a gang connection here. Yep. And you're concerned because this is kind of the latest incident, uh, not of a bunch, but we've had a couple recently. There yeah. was another one you were telling me about at, yeah, at sure. Smitty's over on Meadowwood. Tell yeah. us about that one. Yeah, they they were uh, robbed at uh, Machete Point uh, in January. Um, and, uh, you know, this has just been, uh, it's a second incident in two months, and it seems to be uh, a growing, you know, concern out there in the restaurant industry that this is just going to be uh, another issue that we have to deal with, uh, especially at these later establishments. Yeah. Rob Carver was on <clears throat> my show the other day, and he made the point, and I agreed wholeheartedly with him, that it's not so much about the business, Johnny G's or or, no. or Smitty's, it's about the type of business. They're Absolutely. open late, and the bad guys like to be out at night. They Absolutely. don't go out during the day. They go out at night. Johnny G's is open late. They go in there. These two meet up, and all of a sudden, you got trouble. Absolutely, yeah. It's just it's it's the nature of doing a late night business, and uh, and it's a required necessity for people to be able to have a place to go and have uh, you know grab some food or you know have some place to hang out later at night. And uh, it's just turning into an, an another you know issue that these restaurant owners have to deal with on a regular basis. And uh, um, there's ways around it. There's uh, you know other provinces in the country here are are implementing policies uh, in conjunction with their Winnipeg. Pl- or their police forces and able to uh, try to mitigate some of these problems and try to help these restaurant owners out. Yeah, BC specifically has Absolutely. a program out there, right? Absolutely, yeah. And in Surrey and uh, in Vancouver, they have the inadmissible patrons policy, which is uh, allows police to be able to uh, go into establishments like restaurants and bars and be able to remove um, known gang members or known uh, associates with crime and remove them from the from the from the premises. So um, it, it's a it's something that uh, you know we're saying that you know maybe it's a time that we started looking at here in Manitoba. For example, you just gave me a picture of a sign that is up on a restaurant in Kelowna. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it says big letters inadmissible patrons policy, and it's a, a few paragraphs, but I'll just read the first part. Take notice that for the safety of customers and staff, uh, it is the policy of this establishment that certain persons who are inadmissible patrons may be declined entry or removed from the premises by staff and or members of the RCMP and their partner police agencies. So basically, bad guy walks up, going to go in, 
sees yep. a sign and maybe gives it a second thought. Absolutely. Or if they go in, uh, they now know uh, the police may be called or they may be asked to leave. Absolutely. It's it's just a battle of uh, trying to be proactive instead of reactive. So trying to, you know, get some information out to those 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 patrons that are going to frequent those establishments with those violent pasts that, you know, we're, we're watching for you and that the reality is that we're going to have the ability to have you move from a premise to, for the safety of the patrons and for the staff. You know, one of the one of the staff members of uh, Johnny Jeans was injured and, and this is just the staff personnel they're trying to feed their family and all they're trying to do is, is just do their job and they're caught in the crossfire and, and we've just said that uh, we feel enough's enough and we really feel that uh, we need to start taking necessary steps to try to mitigate this problem and, and move it in a positive direction. So what do you want to see done? You know, I really want the uh, the the city and uh, the police force to look at this policy they have out in British Columbia and just discuss it with us. We're more than willing to to meet with them as an association, as a representation of the food service industry here in Manitoba, and discuss you know ways to try to mitigate these problems and kind of work towards you know getting a safer environment for our patrons and our our staff to be able to work in because. Um, you know what? The reality is, is that Stats Canada has focused on and sent out uh, and done research in, in Winnipeg is, you know, in, in the top 10 for violent crime in, in Canada, in, in Kelowna, in Vancouver, where they have these policies, they're in the 30s and 40s. So we are seeing we're rising. So we need to we need to definitely deal with this. We have a lot of challenges out there in the restaurant industry as it is. And we just don't want this to be another one where we're having to battle ourselves. Knowing that you were coming in today, our Joe Scarpelli, one of our global news reporters, was at the police news conference today mm-hmm. and asked Constable Rob Carver about possibly walking through restaurants because police do that in bars, for yeah, example. Absolutely. And I, I remember from my uh, bar gig days back at, at Power 97, my rock and roll days, often police would come in. And if they saw somebody they knew had a gang affiliation, they would simply ask them to leave walk them out. Here's what Rob Carver told our Joe Scarpelli today at the news conference, police news conference, when Joe asked him about the idea of restaurant walkthroughs. Uh, put your headphones on there so you can hear this. Yeah, and uh, you should be able to hear this. This is what uh, Joe Car- uh, Rob Carver had to say to our Joe Scarpelli today. Our officers do walkthroughs all the time of licensed establishments, of licensed establishments. We don't do walkthroughs in restaurants. And I can't imagine anybody would think if they're waiting for a 911 response at 2 o'clock in the morning that they'd want that delayed because the officers were walking through a restaurant. And I'm not sure. So, so when we do walk through the licensed premises, we have the ability and, and, and the obligation to assist in enforcing uh, the Liquor Act. I'm not sure what our role would be if we're walking through a restaurant. And just because we see someone who we know from our own records and from our own intelligence is a gang member, um, if they've been not convicted of a crime or, or convicted and released, then what would we do? Uh, you can't say to somebody who's been convicted of a crime and we know they're a gang member, you're not welcome in the restaurant. So. I'm not sure what the restaurant association would have us do, and I don't think that that's a very good uh, use of limited police resources. We do it in bars. You often find officers, both um, in uh, in uniform and in plain clothes, uh, walking through bars. Certainly on on busy nights, uh, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, officers are often in there doing that. If their duties allow that, but but from a restaurant standpoint, I don't, I don't see that that would, would fit at all in terms of our mandate. Constable Rob Carver, Winnipeg Police Service, your reaction, Sean? 
Um, you know, I totally understand. I really understand. It's a simple fact. You know, I know that they have limited resources, and but uh, you know, this has not been the first incident at uh, Johnny Jeans. They had uh, the similar incident about six years ago. So, you know, just being able to focus maybe on some of the areas and some of the restaurants that have had previous issues is all we're asking. We understand that they got limited resources, and uh, and we can totally, you know, and totally agree with that. But the reality is, is that we, you know, this is not a new thing, and it seems to be a trend that's changing. And uh, and you have a lot of people that are potentially in danger in these restaurants and so being able to have a you know a small police presence for a small walkthrough and having that legislation like they do in other provinces here in Canada you know might just mitigate that one that one event that might happen and, and cause problems that are currently you know like what happened to Johnny G's and maybe not a walkthrough in a restaurant at eight or nine o'clock at night but maybe at 1 30 or two in the morning once in a while wouldn't be a bad idea and maybe it wouldn't be that much of a strain on uh, absolutely on staff absolutely you know you're not talking about a, a plethora of restaurants that are even open that time of night, but the reality is that there's a few restaurants that are open, and of those few restaurants that are open, there's only a few restaurants that have had similar issues in the past, so maybe a little bit of focus on just, you know, those those one or two locations, you know, might solve that, uh, you know, these uh, that server who got caught in the crossfire and having to spend time in hospital. Yeah, I'm an entrepreneurial kind of guy, so uh, I appreciate business people of all sorts, but when you've got uh, somebody in the restaurant business... That's a tough biz to try and, and make a go of it and, and have success. And there are other challenges, too, that your members are facing. Absolutely. We're, the, you know, the restaurant industry is uh, is always under, like every business in, 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 in Winnipeg, a lot of businesses are under significant challenges, uh, depending on where they are. You know, yeah. they obviously have to deal with challenges with parking. They have to deal with challenges with minus 40-degree weather. Um, they have to deal with challenges with, uh, with, with changes to drinking and driving laws and stuff like that. And we just, uh, you know, and a lot of those we agree with, but the reality is that, you know, this is something that, uh, you know, with a little bit of consultation, a little bit of uh, a little proactive approach, um, we could potentially mitigate some of these problems, deal with some of them ahead of time, and at least get it out there that we're aware and that, that uh, you know, we're, we're trying to do everything to protect our patrons and the staff to work in our restaurants. Yeah, and maybe it's a sign like what you just showed me in Kelowna. Absolutely. Inadmissible patrons policy, and at the bottom it says supported by the RCMP, that's, their, that's their police force, and the city of Kelowna. You could certainly put signs up like that uh, that say supported by Winnipeg Police Service and uh, the city of Winnipeg, couldn't you? Absolutely, and you know what? Picture tells a thousand words. And being able to have that up there, saying that we're uh, we're supportive of that, and we have the support of our of our police service, would be would be worth you know worth its its sight. And in the realities, it's gonna you know even if it saved that one person from having to get dealt with that situation, it's worth it. Where do you go from here? Have you requested a, a meeting with the mayor? We have requested a, a meeting with the mayor, and uh, we're hoping to uh, to get in touch with the mayor and potentially have a meeting with him and the chief of police. Sean, thanks a lot. I really appreciate this. Thank and, you for and having best us. Best of luck with it, and and I wish you a lot of luck with this representing your members. Thank you for having us. Cleon, do you like ice cream? Are you an ice cream fan? I love ice cream, buddy. Me too. I love it too much. That sounds like it's uh, is a little early, this, but it sounds like the Dickie D man's coming down the road. He Al. is. He is right out there. He's he's right out on Empress. There he is because it's CJOB Getaway Day. Can't, quick, give me some money. No, you don't need any money. You know why? Because we have ice cream in studio here. I'm really excited. I've been wanting to have this guy on oh for a God, while. Oh my God, you do. Yeah. Can I come in and get some? In a minute. Let me do the interview, and then you can come in and get some for you and everybody else, okay? All right. Clayon. Uh, Joseph Shaban from Shaban Ice Cream. I've been wanting to have him on for a long time. This is the ice cream store on South Osborne, um, right where 
the banana boat used to be. Everybody knows that. That's the easiest way to tell you where it's at. And uh, Joseph, first of all, welcome to CJOB. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Today. Thank you. My wife, I love your place, but my wife loves your place because she has to be real careful with dairy. Yes. And you have at least one or two items, ice cream, on the menu that has zero dairy. Correct, yes. We always have two options, maybe three, that are dairy-free. And we're using coconut milk. Uh, one of the flavors is called Glen Coconut, yeah. which we make from coconut milk. Uh, we also make our dairy-free fudge sauce that we swirl around, and we also add in uh, coconut flakes that we toast. You have such incredible flavors, and we'll get to some of the... You brought some in for all of us to try, and I thank you for that. Uh, we'll you. talk about some of the incredible flavors you've got. Uh, you're a cheese guy, right? That's where it all started for you. Yes, I'm a second-generation cheesemaker, and I consulted a lot of companies and also worked in Winnipeg in cheese factories. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, your uh, family, uh, you and your wife have been here for a long time, but you recently in the last few years started bringing your wife's family in from Syria. Yes. And it's a wonderful backstory. And now you've got this new business, or relatively new business, a little over a year old, and you've got family members working uh, at the store. Yes. Yeah. And it's Lebanese ice cream, right? Well, it's Middle Eastern and uh, that are a couple options, but we do... you have a lot of uh, North American slash European ice cream, yeah. which we we love to like change up and put a little twist of it on it. Mm-hmm. And we want to make it premium or super premium where you can really taste the flavor of the ice cream. Your ice cream is incredible. It, it, it really is. It, it is. If you're an ice cream fan, and I am an ice cream fan, uh, this stuff really does take it to the next level. That that line gets used too much, yes. but your ice cream is, especially even just based on flavors. Like, for example, you brought in today popcorn-flavored ice cream. Yes, yes. Tell us about that. Well, the popcorn flavor, we infuse the popcorn inside. Yeah. And then I'm gonna try some I wanted to talk. partner up with Bothwell cheddar cheese. So we also put cheddar cheese in there. And also we make a caramel fudge that we add in. It's like tasting Chicago mixed popcorn. Wow. That is really good. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Red Velvet, you were telling me you just brought this back. People have been screaming and hollering for you to bring it back, and you brought it back. Yes. uh, We launched this last uh, Valentine's Day. And ever since we ran out, we said, okay, if there's a demand, we'll bring it back. Yeah. And we just been getting hassled all year long. And I was like, we got to get the red velvet. It goes perfect with Valentine's Day. And yeah. it's, it's a really great treat. And it is excellent as well. And what else have we got in here? What, what is Bubba Beats? Bubba Beats, we use, it's like uh, borscht soup. Yeah. But in an ice cream version. Okay, I got to try that one too. <laughs> I was yeah. only going to try one, yes. then it was two, now it's three. I so got to try this. We have beets, It's sour beautiful, cream. like pink color. Yeah. We use we don't use any artificial colors or flavors. So See, that's what I like about your ice cream is it is like A1 quality. Thank you. Yeah, really Thank good you. ingredients. And then what is this? This is the original. This is the original Abir al-Sham. Uh, the meaning is the perfume of the old Damascus, mm-hmm. which we have ricotta cheese, rose water, blossom water, pistachios, and cashews. All right, I'm trying that one too. I'm being a pig here today. It's okay. I'm not a judge. Oh, that, that's got a wonderful... I haven't had that one before. That is excellent. Thank you. And, Thank you. and what is it? It's Abir al-Sham. Hmm. 
and it's uh, our Mediterranean slash Syrian yeah. flavor that we have. So I have a question for you because it is getaway day here on CGOB. One day where we're trying to forget about winter and pretend it's summer. Yes. I'm intrigued by a decision that you made. I drive by your shop on Osborne every night. Doesn't matter whether it's 30 Celsius out or minus 40. Yes. You are open. Why did you decide in winter? I love this because it's always busy. There are always people in there. But it doesn't matter that it's an ice cream store in the middle of a Winnipeg winter. You are open. How did you make that decision? Well, it, it I'm a little bit crazy, but... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but people must have said to you, how can you sell ice cream when it's minus 40 out? But you're doing it. I always use, I always say, come warm up and eat some ice cream when it's minus 40. Because literally our ice cream is warmer than outside. Yeah. So I'm like... I'll warm you up. Just come have some ice cream. That's a great line. Yeah. That is a good line. <laughs> Joseph, really nice to meet you. Oh, thank you so yeah, much for having me. Yeah, and thank you me. for bringing ice cream in. I'm going to share that with everybody. And uh, best of luck. Great story. Good luck with the business. You don't need my luck because you're always busy. Thank you so much. Uh, and if people, if it you. is too cold for people to go now, certainly go in the summertime. You've got seats outside. You can yes. sit inside in the air conditioning yeah. if you want. It's a, it's a great spot. And you can come have a hot drink. Cappuccino. That's right. You've got coffees and, and teas, teas and stuff. Well. Yeah. 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 Shaban Ice Cream. What's the address? 390 Osborne. Shaban Ice Cream. Joseph Shaban joining us here on CJOB Getaway Day. We will be right back. Yes, it is. I will get to some of your text messages here in a bit. How you stay warm in the middle of winter. How you are celebrating CJOB Getaway Day. Dr. Cyrus Dirksen coming up after the news at 2.30. Brett McGarry, one of the couch potatoes, with a look at the weekend's new movies. All kinds of stuff coming up here on the show. And right now, we are going to chat with a board member at the Southwest Winnipeg Ringette Association. Carla Davis joins us on the phone. Hi, Carla. Hello. Hi, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. We'll talk more about your event in a moment, February 17th, Ringette on the River at the Forks. But um, here in Winnipeg and in Manitoba, Ringette registrations have been on the decline over the past several years. Well, elsewhere in the country, they've been increasing. Why do you think that is? Well, I think there are many competing sports and activities for kids nowadays. Um, so there's lots for parents to choose from. And um, so perhaps parents aren't aware that Ringette is available for for kids to play. And Winnipeg is a big hockey city, right? Province of Manitoba, big hockey province. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it definitely is. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there, there definitely is that I think parents are aware of hockey and maybe not aware of the opportunities that are available for girls to play Ringette. Um, and I think that one thing that from from a parent having three young girl three girls is that um, not all girls want to play a sport that boys are playing, and so Ringette offers that as an opportunity for girls to. Um, they, they're very much um, they they want to they want to have a sport that they can make good friends and have a lot of fun, um, and also learn to be confident and strong athletes. And for people that aren't familiar with Ringette, talk a bit about the sport. What are some things about the sport of Ringette that you like? 
Well, um, it is a nice sport, so it's played throughout the winter um, in in, a, in an arena, um, and it's um, it's a team sport in that there's five players on the ice plus a goalie, um, but the players have to pass to each other across the two blue lines that are on the ice. So at least three or four girls have to touch the ring for the ring to move from one end to the other. It's also a possession sport um, because when you have your you have a stick with no blade on the bottom with a ring and it allows for more control um, while playing maintaining control of the ring. Um, it's very fast because of the way that the ring has to be passed um, up the ice. Uh, there's also at some of the older ages. There's a 30-second rule from the time you touch the ring to, to make a shot. And if you don't make the shot in that 30 seconds with your team, then the, the ring is um, given to the other team. So it's a very fast-paced sport. Uh, it's opportunities for everyone to participate. So you can't have one ringer on your team um, that, that is dominating the play. And so all the players develop um, to play the sport. And I know primarily in the past it's been a sport for girls. What about now? Boys yeah. uh, welcome as well? Well, boys have always been welcomed up to the age of 12. So sometimes they're uh, like it's a great way to um, develop skating skills because you have the, the nature of the ring and the stick. Um, the girls and, and boys that have played at the younger ages, they can spin quite quickly and they learn to develop those skating skills. Um, so generally we have the boys up to about age 12. Um, and then, you know, we, we don't have, like, then it's, then it's girls only from there on. Um, I mean, there's always the opportunity to have like a mixed ring at league at an old, like as an adult, but, um, at this point it's primarily girls and women. All right. Your event, February 17th, ring it on the river at the forks. Who do you want to come down? Well, we want actually families to come down and be exposed to the sport. Um, I and mean, we are primarily trying to build our registration at the younger age levels. So girls as young as three and four can start playing uh, Ringette for You. Um, so that is our sort of target audience from age you know, three to 12. But everyone is welcome because we do want parents to come down and realize the benefits of the sport and how fun it is. Last year was our first year, and um, I think parents were surprised how fun it was. Um, and, and then that's definitely what we want. We want people to come out and realize that it's a fun sport that can be played for life. Um, I started just seven years ago playing um, so this uh, this sport, we're we're going to have three uh, exhibition games of some of our different age levels um, playing a game out on the river, and then we're going to have a separate ice uh, sheet of ice for um, anyone who wants to come and try. So they just need to come down if they preferably have a helmet on, permits, and uh, we'll provide the sticks and instructors. Um, we're going to have some of our players out there um, mentoring these girls, showing them how to play. Um, it was a great event last year. We had such a, a, an amazing turnout. Um, and so we hope to repeat that again this year. Again, that's February 17th at the Forks Ringette on the River. It's between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. And you were telling me, Carla, people should just follow the signs and should be easy to find, eh? 
Yeah, and we'll also have some girls out skating on the ice trying to recruit people to come over and check it out. Um, And so hopefully just look for the signs that say Ring It on the River. And um, hopefully you'll find your way over to the the sheet of ice. Last year it was over towards St. Boniface um, on on the Red River. So I'm not sure it'll probably be somewhere around there. Okay, and have you got a Facebook page or a website where people can get more info? Yeah, absolutely. We have our our um, South Winnipeg Ringette Association SWRA. Um, they people can go to that website. We are also on Facebook with SWRA, and we also have an Instagram feed as well. Carla, great job! Thanks a lot for this. Thank you so much, and I hope to see lots of people out on February seventeenth. Carla Davis, Southwest Winnipeg Ringette Association. Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.